1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now, the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of housekeeping issues. I watched uh, last night this afternoon, and I said something that was incorrect. I said that a baby's heart starts beating on day nine. It's day 16. I like to be accurate. Uh, last evening, we started in my third message. You can have what you say. We're going to be in that message again this evening. And then there's a couple of other housekeeping issues. You've heard this material before. If you've been in this church a while, you might have even heard these titles. You can have what you say. But I know more than I did a few years ago. And uh, when I was rehearsing these notes today, I noticed that I had added something from the book of Acts that I had not had in there the last time I went through this type material on confession. And I want to tell a, a short story about what I added from the book of Acts to illustrate to you the importance of days like these. Hopefully I'll remember when we get there. But in the miracle at Derb, the man had faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed. And as I was reading through these notes this afternoon, I was reminiscing. It was either 1974 or 1975. Sue and I went to a Finest Jennings Dake meeting in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the minister there was so kind and took me to lunch twice with Finest Jennings Dake. And I remember learning from him that week this phrase, faith is the currency of the kingdom. And you've heard me repeat that. All right, but there's a second part to that. And I don't think it's not that he didn't know it. Surely, Finest Jennings Dake knew the second part to that. But either he wasn't teaching on it that week or I didn't hear it. And we went 15 years doing without because I didn't know the second part to that. 15 years. 
we were hanging out with denominational folks. They weren't teaching the word. They didn't know what we're talking about this week. 15 years. Think about it. We were tithing. We were happily married. We were faithful to each other. We were in church every time the doors opened, but we were doing without 15 years because we didn't know the other side or the second part of that truth. And uh, that's why days like these are important. And somebody might be watching online from halfway across the world. That's great. But you know, if you're watching online from two miles down the road, there's something about being in church when the doors are open. And, and, and I study things, uh, audio off of uh, hard drives or video. Uh, it's all great. But there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It does not say faith cometh by having heard. And it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is or how long you've been saved or what your spiritual pedigree is. We miss things. And when we come back into the house of God and we hear the word of God again, we pick up things that we didn't see before, or maybe we didn't hear before. Maybe they were taught, but we didn't hear them. And then this has happened in my life. We heard it, but we weren't ready for it. Then it takes a year or two or five, or in this situation, 15. And uh, I I could tell Sunday when I said we were late starters, people were looking at me kind of sideways because it seems like we're pretty blessed. But like I said, Sunday, we didn't even own a new car until we were 35 years old. But that was only two years after we got turned on to this type of information. Doesn't take long. Tell your neighbor, doesn't take long. And then also, I want to point out that these are not difficult concepts. These are not like advanced teachings from the Word of God. This is basic stuff. But when we miss it in life, it's in the basic stuff where we miss it. The Bible says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And we don't miss, we don't make big mistakes or miss big blessings in life by faltering on higher concept truth. It's always the basics. And I don't know that there is anything more basic than Mark eleven twenty two to 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Somebody could sit here tonight and say, "Uh, Pastor, isn't this what we heard last year? No, what we heard last year was fundamentally and basically verse 24. What we're hearing this year is basically and fundamentally verse 23. And even though they're just one verse apart, they're completely different concepts. They, they, they feed off each other. They build one upon the other. But they're completely different as far as how to employ them and use them in our everyday lives. Now, we left off last time talking about how the woman with the issue of blood employed these principles to receive her healing. We left off last night 
where Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, Daughter, thy faith hath healed you. We saw how this principle worked for the woman with the issue of blood. Let's go to the Old Testament and see if it worked back then. You remember when God delivered Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and they started their pilgrimage, and they came to a place called Kadesh Barnea, and they sent the 12 spies into Canaan land to spy out the land. Do you remember that? And 10 of those 12 spies brought back an evil report, and two of those 12 spies brought back a good report. Now, they didn't just bring back an evil report. They also brought back some of the fruit of the land. So even for the 10 spies who gave an evil report, the report wasn't all bad. There was the evidence of the fruit of the land to be considered. God had told them that it was a fruitful land. God had told them that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. And they had the evidence. So what was evil about the report of the 10 spies? Did they come back telling vulgar jokes? Did they come back telling lies on each other? What did they do? Well, how did they give an evil report? They came back talking doubt and unbelief. Let me run this by again. They came back talking doubt and unbelief because God had promised them the land. When God gives you a promise, whether by his written word or with less authority by a rhema Christos, what is that? That's the word of God. And when you talk doubt and unbelief about a promise of God, you're calling God a liar. When you talk doubt and unbelief about a promise of God, you're calling God a liar. And God had promised them the land. They said it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, but. And you have to watch those folks. You can read the Bible to them, and they say they agree with it, but. Oh, yeah, I agree with that, but. Oh, yeah, I believe that, but. I told the story last night about that unfortunate young man in the wheelchair many years ago out here in the fellowship atrium. I'm telling him what the word says. Yeah, but. You know, the promises of God on healing. Yeah, but. And people do this on the Holy Spirit. They do this on healing. They do this on tithing. They do this on success and prosperity. You can read faith or healing scriptures to them, and they say they agree with it, but. You can read prosperity scriptures to them, and they'll tell you they agree with the word of God, but. But there are giants in the land, and in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers, and we look the same to them. Numbers 13, 33. In fact, let's go there. Numbers 13, 33. Some people have always got their eyes on the giants, not on the fruit. They've always got their eyes on the giants, not on the promises of God. They've got their eyes on the giants. So get your eyes off the giants and get your eyes on Jesus. Glory to God. I don't think I've done anything in this city that they did not oppose me tooth and nail. Yeah. I don't think I have done one thing in this city they have not opposed me tooth and nail. But they didn't stop me from doing anything I wanted to do. Yeah, but you know, there are giants in the land. So what? Are you going to focus on the giants? 
or are you going to focus on the word of the living God? So get your eyes off the giants and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off the giants and get your eyes on the word of God. Numbers 13, 33, NIV, we saw the Nephilim there. Those were the giants. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. And in the King James, it reads this way, And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come from the giants. And we, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Well, they're lying because they don't know what they look like in the sight of the giants. But now who told you that you are supposed to walk according to the way you see things? I said, who told you that you're supposed to walk through life according to the way you see things? You're supposed to walk according to what God has said about you. You are supposed to walk as God sees you in God's sight. They said in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers and we look the same to them. You don't take the world's opinion of you. You don't take the devil's opinion of you. You go to the Bible and you find out what God has said about you. Are you getting this tonight? You don't, you don't take the world's opinion of you and you don't take the devil's opinion, opinion of you. You go to the word of God and you find out what God has said about you. Hallelujah. Walking by sight is walking to the way you see things. Walking by sight is walking according to the way you see things. Walking by faith is walking according to the way God sees things. God's word says, now we are the sons of God. 1 John 3, 2. God's word says we can do all things through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 13. God's word says that you are more than a conqueror, Romans 8, 37. God's word says, if God be for us, who can be against us, Romans 8, 31. God's word says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. When you begin to go by what God says about you instead of the world's opinion of you or the devil's opinion of you and what you are in God's sight and the way God looks upon you, your life will change forever. I said, when you begin to go by what God says about you, instead of the world's opinion of you or the devil's opinion of you and what you are in God's sight and the way God looks upon you, your life will change forever. Say it out loud. I'm not who you, tell your neighbor, I'm not who you think I am. I'm who God says I am. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we're not just sinners saved by grace. We, last evening, was it last evening? We talked about music and the importance of music. And we don't sing songs here at Faith Christian Center that are full of doubt and unbelief. And we don't sing songs about how we're worms. No, we're not just sinners saved by grace. We're not poor, staggering, sinning, barely get along Christians or church members. We're not living way down at the end of the block on barely get along street right next to Grumble Alley. That's not who we are. We're new creations in Christ Jesus, created by God in Christ Jesus with a very life 
and the very nature of God in our spirits. We are the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, the heirs of God, and the joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Self-image is everything. And all of my life, it's been an uphill battle trying to get God's people to see who God says they are. And even to this day, on social media, you've got born-again people talking about how that uh, prosperity is bad and calling out preachers who teach prosperity. Now, I've noticed every one of those Christians who do that, they also talk about their favorite whiskey. I don't know if that's interrelated or not. But while God's people believe they ought not have anything, we let Google and Amazon and all these uh, corporations take over the entire world. We let Hollywood take over everything. You can't even watch a TV show anymore without watching the agenda. You know? If you came over to our house, you'd see us watching westerns from the 60s or whatever. At least they weren't confused. And at least typically the bad guy got what he had coming. Amen. See, God, God doesn't see us like the world sees us. I mean, basically in 2021, the world sees us as a pain in the backside and, a, and an obstacle to the agenda. And if you think they're going to miss the church of the Lord Jesus Christ after the rapture, you haven't been paying attention. They're going to have a party when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is removed from the earth. You can't see me in Christ, but that's the way God sees me. Hallelujah. And you realize you've been taught this. This is not who I am. This is the house I live in. It's not who I am. Say it out loud. I am who God says I am. I am where God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. Now, when you're around people that are biblically ignorant, they, they think this is arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's just knowing who we are. It's not arrogance. You know... Most of you don't know Pastor Gene traveling, but I've preached in, I don't know, 40 countries of the world. I spent a lot of my younger decades running all over the earth. There were, I don't know how many years, we generally did a crusade overseas somewhere once a month, unless it was a holiday month, pioneered, I don't know how many churches. And uh, whenever I was re-entering the country, or when I was entering some other country, See Canadian passports and British passports and all these passports. But there's just something about putting the blue book with the gold eagle on the desk. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's kind of what I'm talking about. Now, somebody might say, in fact, you, you go somewhere like France. And if you, my daughter, Austin was in... Uh, a semester of college in London. And so I took Christina to visit him. And uh, we went to visit him. And then for the weekend, I took her over to Paris. 
And then when the weekend was over, I took her back to see Austin, then we went home. But when we were in Paris, I said, now, baby doll, please do not ask for ketchup. <laughs> and what do you think if she's watching, what do you think Christina Lingerfeld did? She asked for ketchup. And, you know, then you can hear the waiters, you know, those blankety-blank Americans or whatever. You can think whatever you want to think, but see, I had the blue book with a gold eagle on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other, that's the way I feel like about the kingdom of God times a thousand. People can think whatever they want to think, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And, and we have a citizenship that this world knows not of. And we have a father that this world knows not of. They brought back an evil report. What is an evil report? An evil report is a report of doubt and unbelief. An evil report is any report contrary to what God has said. An evil report is any report contrary to the written word of God. An evil report is any report contrary to the promise of God. An evil report is any report contrary to what God has promised. And so many Christians have an evil report in their mouth. They'll tell you all, all the reasons they, they, they can't be healed. There was a man, and he came to us up at I-30. You can't relate to those days. We moved into our first building up on I-30, and uh, we just ran out of money, and there was no carpet anywhere in the building except in the nursery. And uh, so we moved in there, and we had a concrete floor, and the upstairs was shell space. And God sent us a man that I had known and had befriended, and he came to us because he'd gotten into a tiff at the church where he had been, and he was a blessing to us. He was a blessing to us. He bought us our first grand piano. He did some other things. He was a blessing to us. But he had cancer, and he was a wonderful man. And he would call me, and uh, he told me one night, he said, he said, Brother Gene, he said, I know God could heal me, but he said, because of what I did to that last pastor, he said, I think that's why I've got cancer, and he said, I think that's why I'm dying. And I'd rehearse the word to him. And I'd rehearse the word to him. And I would rehearse the word to him not just on healing, but I'd rehearse the word to him on forgiveness. But see, he was one of those, God bless him, he was a wonderful man. But whatever scripture I brought up, he had a but. He had an objection. See, and you have to be careful because your prejudices can keep you from receiving everything your wonderful, beautiful, heavenly father wants you to have. Do you understand? In other words, it's not that God won't forgive you, but maybe because of your background, you think God won't forgive you. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you, but maybe because of your background, you don't think God wants to bless you. We poison our own wells with our prejudices. When I used to preach on Numbers 13 and 14, I used to say this, apparently you can get people out of Egypt, but you can't get the Egypt out of the people. And that's basically what we're talking about. Because a lot of folks, you see, uh, they, they come from a rough background <clears throat> or a welfare background 
or a fatherless background or whatever it is, and they just can't get past it. Tell your neighbor, get past it. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God's got great stuff for you. So get with it. Amen. So we just have to set aside prejudices. I said we just have to set aside prejudices. You know, Faith Christian Center's paid off. Somebody say glory to God. But if it weren't for former drug users, Faith Christian Center wouldn't be paid off tonight. If it weren't for folks that had been divorced and remarried, Faith Christian Center wouldn't be paid off tonight. Do you understand? The perfect people, they just don't seem to give much money. But people that have been forgiven a lot, they love a lot. And people that have been forgiven a lot, somehow, <laughs> you know, they come across those promises and it's just good news. And man, they just latch a hold of it and they run with it. But you know, people that think they're perfect, they operate in their own strength. They operate in their own ability. And they just don't do that well. But people who realize God did a lot for them and they're grateful, they don't try and operate in their own strength. They operate in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. See, that's the kind of stuff you can you know, get away in a broom closet at work and say to yourself when uh, things don't seem to be going right or you're having a bad week or a bad month or a bad quarter. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. But a lot of Christians have an evil report. And, and it's sad to me because a lot of people, a lot of Christians have an evil report because of their prejudices. Two of the spies, though, brought back a good report, and faith always has a good report. Say it out loud. Faith always has a good report. And why does faith always bring a good report? Because faith doesn't walk by sight. Faith walks by the Word of God, and faith walks by what God has said. See, if I'm walking by the circumstances, I might have an evil report. But if I'm walking by what... God has said, if I'm walking by the word of God, I can always have a good report. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but the giants are there. Yes, we know there are giants in the land, the land that God promised us, but so what? We've got God on our side. The giants may be over there, but God is here with us. Yes, there may be giants over there, but God is here. God is here with us. God is on our side. God is in us. And God is for us. So we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So to walk by faith and not by sight, we've got to look not at some things. While we look not at the things which are seen, many, many Christians falter and fail because they are looking at what they can see. They are focused on the circumstances, so of course they falter and fail. 
while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How in the world can we look at things which are not seen? Well, not with these eyes, but with the eyes of faith, with the eyes of the spirit man. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I, I said to Pastor Sue the other day, with, with all this study and all this prayer, I'm at a point where the other side is more real to me than this side. But I told her, I said, we have all this technology and it's all a distraction, so maybe that's the way John Wesley felt all the time. Maybe that's the way Smith Wigglesworth felt all the time because what did they have except the Bible? See, they didn't have, they didn't have 1,500 things pulling at their attention and their mind wasn't full I mean, we could go around the room. Everybody knows every evil, wicked thing going on all across the land because of the media, because of the news. So maybe that's the way they lived 100 years ago. Maybe, maybe they lived their lives with the other side more real than this side. But a lot of Christians are living their lives and this side's more real. And they haven't disciplined themselves to look not you got to look not at some stuff. If you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, some things you just got to look not at, and instead you got to focus on what is unseen. What is unseen? Well, the Word of God, the promise of God, the Holy Spirit of God, Father God. Amen? Amen. To walk by faith, there are some things you have to look not at. In Numbers 13 and 14, Joshua and Caleb chose to look not at the giants. See, we're not denying that the giants are there. We just choose to not look at them. We just choose to not focus on them. We just choose to focus instead on the Word of God. They chose to not look at the giants, the circumstances, and Joshua and Caleb chose instead to look at, to focus on what God has said, what God had promised them. And I think that's part of how this church not just skated in 2020, but phenomenally prospered in 2020 because we didn't know where it was all headed, and we focused. We focused on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Numbers 13, 30, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. In the King James Version, Caleb said, Let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. We are well able Shout it out loud. We are well able. The 10 said, we can't. Caleb said, we are well able to overcome it. But then look at verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites an evil report about the land they had explored. What was evil about their report? Well, just saying we are not able was an evil report in God's sight. Because really it was a slanderous report about God's ability, God who had made the promise. Nineteen ninety-seven. I'm preaching for Bud Sickler, missionary Bud Sickler in Mombasa, Kenya, and the place where we used to stay. There was a path there I'd walk. A couple of years later, I was there with Sue, and I showed her the place, the place on the sidewalk. I said, this is where God spoke to me. I said, there used to be a palm tree right there. 
All it was was a cut out in the sidewalk because the palm tree had died, it was gone, but I said it was right here. And he had a dream, he had a vision of building the largest church on the continent of Africa. Was seed 5,000 or 6,000 African style? It was so funny when we were missionaries in Kenya, Sue, you know, was nursing Austin, so she would, she'd get her a spot, didn't matter what row, she'd get her a spot, the end spot on a row, so if she had to take Austin out, she'd get out. But African style, you, you pick you a spot on the end, and 15 minutes later, you're 10 people inside. <laughs> they just have this thing of bumping you and taking this, the end spot. And, you know, you just slide down, squeeze in. And so Bud had a vision and a dream to build the largest church in, on the continent of Africa, or at least East Africa. And the holdup was the roof because of the expense. And I'm preaching for Bud February of, it was February of 97, I believe it was. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, he said, the holdup is the roof. And he said to me, you don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. We thought it was a half million turned into $600,000. That's the way the Lord spoke to me. He said, you don't think, you, and we didn't have it. I looked up that month, if I remember right, the church had $178,000 on hand. And uh, the Lord said, you don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. See, I just went by what he said. I just went by what he said. And I mean, lickety split, a quarter of a million came in. The first check Austin and I took him was for a quarter of a million dollars. And so, I mean, like instantly we were halfway there and we, we gave the money to missionary Bud Sickler as we raised the money. But that's the God I serve. He's a life coaching father. You don't think you can do it? He'll come along and he'll say, you can do it. You don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. So here's a silver-headed Daddy Lingerfeld telling you tonight, you don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. Amen. 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 The dream in your heart, the vision in your heart, what God has put in your heart, you may not think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. Shout it out loud, I can do all things, do all things through, Christ, through Christ who gives me the strength. Me the strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the language of God is the language of faith. And that tells you every time this uh, Dr. Quackola opens his mouth in the media and goes on all these talk shows and preaches fear, where does fear come from 100% of the time? comes from Satan. Fear, 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 fear. And you can control people through fear. You know what faith does? Faith releases people to reach their maximum potential in life. Amen? Amen. A man who lives in Pennsylvania, I think he does, sent me uh, something today and where this guy admitted that he'd been lying all along to lead the people to a certain destination an interview. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in listening to liars. And if a guy tells me, I was lying last week, but I'm telling the truth today, I'm not listening to that either. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? But fear is of the devil and faith is of God. 
what was evil about the report. Just saying we're not able was evil in God's sight because God had made the promise. And what did Joshua say? Look at Numbers 14, verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. What difference does it make what the devil's up to if the Lord is with you? I said, what difference does it make what the devil's up to if the Lord is with you? And Joshua said, do not be afraid of them. I mean, just look at all the positive confessions Caleb and Joshua are making. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Do not be afraid of the people of the land. We will swallow them up. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Hallelujah. Now put these verses together, 1330 and 149. Caleb said in 1330, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. <clears throat> and why are we well able to overcome it? Joshua explains why in 14 verse 9, because the Lord is with us. See, I'll tell you what, you just got to understand, man, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not making these positive confessions because we're prideful or arrogant or full of ourselves or self-important, but we know in whom we have believed and we are well convinced that he is able. Yes. Romans 4, we are like Abraham and we are convinced that God is able to perform what God has promised. I mean, just think what God did last year. The greatest challenge of my lifetime, the greatest challenge this country has faced probably in 100 years, probably the greatest challenge any of us may ever face because before the next horrendous thing comes along, we may be all gone. But we focused on the Word of God and we turned off the fear mongers. And not only did we skate, we prospered. I say we prospered because the donated income of Faith Christian Center went up 51% last year. This is insane. Well, did anybody get sick? Well, I got some news for you. People get sick every year. People get sick every year, but we didn't bury anybody. Haven't buried anybody this year. Amen. I got some oldsters, and I tease them when I see them. They're, I, I say, are you still holding out for the rapture? Yeah, they're still holding out for the rapture. Amen. Why well, go through all of that when you can wait for the Lord? Amen. Pastor, you don't think we're that close? I absolutely do. Amen. You got to look not at some stuff. And you got to focus on the Word of God. And you can't get your eyes off on the giants or the adversaries or what the devil's up to. you got to be focused on what the Lord has promised. And that's why we're well able, because the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. Joshua said in 14 verse 9, the Lord is with us. Shout it out loud five times, the Lord is with us. 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 So glory to God, fear them not. Fear them not, fear them not, fear them not, fear them not. That was their faith speaking. I said that was their faith speaking, but Israel accepted the majority report. 
And because they accepted the majority report, that was tantamount to them saying, we cannot take the land. And they wandered in the wilderness until every one of them who had accepted the evil report over God's report died. They got what they said. Just like that woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5 got what she said, these hundreds of thousands of Israelites got what they said. They said, we can't do it, so they didn't do it. They said, we're going to die in this desert, and so they died in that desert. They said, in effect, God is not able to give us the land, and so in their lives, God was not able to give them the land. They got what they said. Your faith creates realities. And this separates folks. It does. I don't know anybody we went to Bible school with that has exercised these truths. But I, I can't be concerned about that. You know, I'm not Bernie Sanders. I'm not worried about equal results. How can there be equal results when one man goes to work and another man stays home and does the bong all day? And in the same way, among God's people, how can there be equal results when one man speaks the word of faith and the other man is worried about the giants? Tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, but I'm a giant slayer. They said, in effect, God is not able to give us the land. And so in their lives, God was not able to give them the land. They got what they said. They got what they said. But guess what? Caleb and Joshua also got what they said. Caleb and Joshua said we can. And they were the only two of that first generation who made it over into the promised land. Caleb and Joshua said we can do it. So they did it. They said, we can possess the land, and so they possess the land. They said, in effect, God is able to give us the land, and so in their lives, God was able to give them the land. It doesn't seem fair at all, does it? Talk to me, it doesn't seem fair at all, does it? Hundreds of thousands died in the desert, and two were able to cross over. Hallelujah. 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 I'm so glad that when we pioneered this church in January of 1984 and it didn't dawn on me, it didn't take too many weeks for me, it to dawn on me, I told Pastor Sue, I need more information. Thank God, thank God, thank God. We went to Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the summer of 1984. Thank God, thank God, thank God we didn't go to some doubter, some doubt peddler's meeting somewhere and learn how to be gay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that would have been a, a temptation. I'm just saying the world has gotten hinky since the mid-80s. People are funny. They really are. They get offended at success. And it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. See, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, that's what Caleb and Joshua did. Death was on the tongue of the majority. Death 
was on the tongue of the ten spies. Death was on the tongue of all the people that accepted the evil report. But life was on the tongue of only two, Caleb and Joshua. I'm here to bring you good news tonight. I don't care if everybody in your family falters and fails. I don't care if everybody in your neighborhood falters and fails. I don't care if everybody on the row you're sitting on tonight falters and fails. You can believe God and you can walk in the promises and the blessings and the health and the healing and the success and the prosperity that is promised in the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. David wrote in Psalm 116.10, I believed, therefore have I spoken. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4.13, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul writes, We also believe and therefore speak. God's people are primarily not missing it in their believing. God's people are missing it in their confession. We, Paul speaking of himself in the church at Corinth, says we, we having the same spirit of faith. He didn't say we're trying to get it. He didn't say we're praying for it. He says we have it. Listen to what I'm saying from the Apostle Paul. We having the same spirit of faith. Every Christian has the same spirit of faith. He didn't say we're trying to get it. He didn't say we're praying for it. He didn't say we're seeking for it. He didn't say we're waiting on it. He said we have it. Now people will protest and say, well, Pastor Gene, that's not for everybody. But Paul said, we having the same spirit of faith. Writing to the church at Corinth, Paul wrote, we, we having the same spirit of faith. Uh, What kind of faith is that? A speaking faith. Every Christian has that same spirit of faith. You have to if you're a Christian. We know that every Christian has that same spirit of faith because they had to have it to become a Christian in the first place. And you see that same spirit of faith in Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. That's the same spirit of faith. That same spirit of faith worked with the woman with the issue of blood. That same spirit of faith worked with Caleb and Joshua, and they went into the promised land because they said, we can take the land. You believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. And then you take action. It worked on the negative side for Israel, and they died in the wilderness because they said we can't, but it worked on the positive side for Caleb and Joshua, and they lived. And they crossed over into the promised land because they said we can. Now look again at Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Did you notice the word say is used in verse 23 three times, but the word believe is used only one time. 
God's people primarily are not missing it in their believing, for they have been taught to believe and to have faith where they're missing it is in what they're saying. So we have to do three times the teaching and preaching on the saying part as we do the believing part to get people to say it, to see it, and to say it. So we don't need to do less teaching and preaching on the saying part. We need to do more teaching and preaching on the saying part. We're going to have to do more teaching and preaching on the saying part to get people to see it. Because faith must be released. Say it out loud. Faith must be released. You can have a heart full of faith and yet not receive anything. And there it is. You can have a heart full of faith and not receive anything. You can have a heart full of faith and not receive anything. You see, this is where we've missed it time and time and time again because we've said to ourselves, if I could just get more faith, you never one time read about Jesus or Peter or John or Paul ever saying, if I just had more faith. You never even read about them saying to anybody else, if you just had enough faith. We dealt with this in the 2018 Holy Week Revival in the message, The Measure of Faith. You can have a heart full of faith and yet not receive anything. I want you to get this because I think there's a lot of judgmentalism going around and people judge things they got no business sticking their nose into. You can have a heart full of faith and yet not receive anything, and I'll prove it to you from the Word of God. Let's go to Acts 14, 6. And here it is. That day at lunch when Finest Jennings Dake told me that faith is the currency of the kingdom. How many times over the next 15 years, Sue, did that come out of my mouth, faith is the currency of the kingdom, but it was half the equation. And I'm sure he knew, but was he not teaching on it that week or would, did he teach on it and I didn't hear it? And 15 years later, all we had was what was in our retirement accounts. Now we had two used cars and we had a house, but it was all based on cash flow. And when the cash flow faltered, which was not anything of our doing, well, we were, we were up against it. And we had tied that whole 15 years. I was faithful to Sue. Sue was faithful to me. I mean, we weren't like doing the bong or getting drunk or clubbing or whatever. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. You can live right and do without. You can even be a tither and do without. You can love the Lord and do without. I'm going to prove it to you from the Word of God, not the Old Testament, the New Testament. Acts 14, verse 6, they fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derb and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Now, a couple of years back, we did a series on this, and we pointed out this was a say-it-do-it miracle. Look at verse 9. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. 
This is how faith comes. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why meetings like this are so critical because I don't care who we are, we let go of things, we learn something, and two or three years later, when we hear it again, we think, oh my gosh, I knew that and I let go of that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith cometh by having heard. We have to be reminded of the word of God. So you might be here tonight and what I'm talking about could be a planting. You never heard it before. But you could be here tonight and what I'm teaching could be a watering. You've heard it before. It's a seed planted in your spirit, man, but now you hear it again. It's a watering. Thank God it's been raining. A lot of that stuff I thought might be dead at my house, it's coming out. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 is the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and floor so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth that will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I've sent it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's the preaching of the word that deposits the seed into our spirit, man. And it's the preaching of the word that waters the seed and causes our lives to bloom and to flourish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it takes those of us that were unproductive and it makes us productive. Literally, the word of God preached turns the valley of dry bones into living beings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we who were not productive become productive by the word of God. He listened to Paul as he was preaching. Now look at verse 10. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Look at your Bible. Make sure I'm not making this up. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. But was he healed? Talk to me, was he healed? But Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Was he healed? Talk to me, was he healed? But Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Was he healed? But Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Was he healed? How could the man listen to Paul, hear an anointed Rhema Christos word from the Lord, have faith to be healed, and yet not be healed? How could I have spent those years from 1974, 1975 to 1989 doing nothing but studying the Word of God and praying and preaching the Word of God and teaching the Word of God and going to Kenya and being a missionary and doing all that I did and getting a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and a doctorate degree? How could I do all of that and have a heart full of faith and not have two nickels to rub together that weren't in our retirement accounts? Tell your neighbor, this is your answer right here tonight. Yeah, and we weren't sinning. Back in those days, though, I have to confess, I ate chimichangas nearly every Sunday. <laughs> I had to give up chimichangas. <laughs> My God, there's nothing like a fried enchilada. 
No, that's a burrito, isn't it? <laughs> Had to give it up. But we were living for the Lord. We were tithing. We were giving in offerings above and beyond. By that time, I knew Finest Jennings Dake, I knew Kenneth Hagan, I knew Ken Hagan Jr., I knew T.L. Osborne. 1989, by that time, I knew Oral Roberts. By that time, I knew John Osteen. By that time, I knew Fred Price. I take that back. We might not have known Fred Price yet, but we knew John Osteen. And that's a lot of faith. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. But was he healed? See, this is the other half of the equation. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. There are people here tonight, and you have, you have mountain-moving faith. I mean, there are people here tonight, and you got Rolls-Royce faith, but you got Pinto evidence. Because, and you walked right into your answer. This is it. Yeah, Paul saw that he had, what does that mean? He perceived Paul, the apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, perceived by the Spirit that this man had faith to be healed. But he was not healed. He's got faith to be healed, but he's not yet healed. I said he's got faith to be healed, but he's not yet healed. I said he's got faith to be healed, but he's not yet healed. Well, if he had faith to be healed, why isn't he healed? If he had faith to be healed, why isn't he healed? I said if he has faith, had faith to be healed, why isn't he healed? Well, by the same token, if you have the money in your pocket to buy a loaf of bread, why don't you have a loaf of bread? If you have the money in your pocket to have a loaf of bread, why don't you have a loaf of bread? Talk to me. If you have the money in your pocket to have a loaf of bread, why don't you have a loaf of bread? Because having the money to buy a loaf of bread is not the same as having a loaf of bread. And having the faith to be healed is not the same as being healed. Having the money in your pocket to buy a loaf of bread is not the same as having a loaf of bread. And having the faith to be healed is not the same as being healed. Having the money to buy a loaf of bread is not the same as having a loaf of bread because you've got to get the money out of your pocket and get it into circulation. So when Finest Jennings Dake himself told me that faith is the currency of the kingdom, that was half of the equation. And maybe he said it and I didn't hear it, or maybe he wasn't teaching on it that week. But the other half of the equation is faith is the currency of the kingdom. That's true, but you got to get your faith out and you've got to put it into circulation. Because having the money to buy a loaf of bread is not the same as having a loaf of bread. How many can see that? Three people. How many can see that? Lift a hand up. Say, say I can see that. Can see say it out loud. Having the money, having the money to buy a loaf of bread, loaf of bread 
is not the same as having a loaf of bread. And having the faith to be healed is not the same as being healed. And what, pray tell, faith, Christian center crowd, what, pray tell, is the difference between having the money to buy a loaf of bread and having a loaf of bread? Action. And that's why the whole Metroplex is not here tonight. I challenge you to, I don't even know if everything's normal or not, but you know, you drive by Krispy Kreme, there'll be more cars than when you drive by the gym. Because the gym implies what? Work. Action. So what's the difference between having the money in your pocket to buy a loaf of bread versus having a loaf of bread? Action. Do you see it? How many of God's people have had the faith all along, but nobody ever held a Holy Week revival and taught them how to release the faith they got to get the desired result. And how many of God's people walk around in constant condemnation? If I only had more faith, I just wish I had more faith. Oh, you know, uh, all those faith guys are gone to be with the Lord. Lester Summerall and Ken Hagen and T.L. Osborne and Oral Roberts and John Osteen and now Fred Price. And where can I go and get more faith? And they don't even realize there is a world of difference between, the, between having the faith to be healed versus being healed. And you might already have all the faith you need. In fact, we learned three years ago in the 2018 Holy Week Revival that if you're born again, anybody here born again, let me see your hand if you're born again. If you're born again, God already gave you a measure of faith. So having the money to buy a loaf of bread is not the same as having a loaf of bread because you've got to get the money out of your pocket and get it into circulation. You may have the money to buy a loaf of bread, but you'll never have the loaf of bread unless you turn loose of the money it takes to buy the loaf of bread. See, that's the other half of that equation. Finest Jennings Dake said that faith is the currency of the kingdom. That is half the equation. The other half of the equation is you got to take your faith out and you got to put it into circulation. You've got to take your faith out and turn loose of it. You may have the faith to get healed, but you'll never be healed unless you turn loose of the faith it takes to receive your healing. Friends, you can die with a heart full of faith. In fact, you shouldn't die any other way. Years ago, I heard someone say so-and-so had, a, had faith and died, and I thought I'd sure hate to die any other way. That's the best way to die in the world, is to die with a heart full of faith. So the man, the lame man from birth who had never walked, had faith to be healed, but he was still sitting there crippled. Now get this, a man lame from birth who had never walked had the faith to be healed, but he was still sitting there crippled. Just because you have faith for something doesn't mean you'll get it unless you turn your faith loose. Just because you have faith for something doesn't mean you'll get it unless you turn your faith loose. I'll tell you one reason why God blessed this church the way he did in 2020 in the year of the COVID because y'all were crazy. That crazy preacher here, you know, 
When Greg Abbott opened up, said we could only occupy 25%, I, I tell you what, I was never so happy. We overbuilt. <laughs> Go back and look at the occupancy back there. I mean, we, we, we obeyed the law without doing nothing because the place is so huge. And that crazy preacher opened up, held church like normal, but the people showed up and they were crazy. And the Lord, my God, looked down from heaven and he said to himself, those people have got some faith going down there. Hallelujah. And, I'm, and the Lord is looking to and fro across the earth, seeking whom he may bless. And the Lord thought, I'm going to bless those crazy people in Arlington, Texas, because they're showing up and holding church. There's a faith church down the road. They're still not holding church normal. When they pray for the sick, they wear rubber gloves. You ever seen me wearing rubber gloves praying for the sick? No. Jesus, you read, right, in the book of Hezekiah that Jesus wore rubber gloves when he prayed for lepers? That's a joke. You know, there's no book of Hezekiah. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. Now you know what the Dallas Morning News would do with this. Insensitive preacher. Exercising white privilege. Calls out a lame man that had never walked abusing the disadvantaged. But Paul was Jewish. He wasn't white. I'm just making that up. <laughs> but do you see it? You know. I know. Paul knew. God knew. The people there knew. Lame people generally don't get up and walk. But they do when God says through his man, stand up. All right. But what then was required? <laughs> Can you see it? He didn't, he didn't sit there praying in tongues. <laughs> you know, my mom visited once and Christina was in the back seat. We were running an errand and she's in the passenger seat and I did something that the popo didn't like and they, you know, lit me up behind me and, uh, you know, my mom goes to praying in tongues. I said, would you stop it? I said, you're so weird. <laughs> you know, people are just, they're so spiritual there's there's no earthly good and paul said stand up on your feet at that the man jumped up and began to walk so he had the faith to be healed but he wasn't healed paul 
The apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament perceived in his spirit that the man had the faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed. So when Paul said, stand up on your feet, what was Paul doing? What was he challenging the man to do? To take action. To act like. See, he had the faith to be healed, but what he was missing was action. He had the faith to be healed, but what he was missing was acting like he was healed. Now, you want great revelation? Take this truth and flip it over there to tithing. Oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't. And they go through their whole lives broke. And they're hung by the tongue. And the word says that the Lord is looking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he might bless. And when they say, I can't do that, I don't believe that, I wasn't taught that, my mama, I actually had a man tell me, my wife told me I don't have to tithe. (laughs) And then they wonder why they can't get any traction in life. Everyone wants more faith. They want to hear messages about having more faith when the real key is not more faith. The real key is to turn loose of the faith you got. The real key, everybody wants more faith, but that's not the secret. The secret is to turn loose of the faith you got. That's why when Austin, he's so gracious and so kind and so wonderful and, you know, the way he encourages everybody. But, you know, when he encourages people to start where you are, you you can't start at your neighbor's level. You can't start at somebody else's level. You can only start at your level. But if you don't start, if you don't start, if you don't start, how are you ever going to get there? And when you start, you might say, well, what, all I got is a $5 tithe. What difference is that going to make to God? It's not about that. It's about you doing what you need to do to release the faith you've got at the level you're at so God can see it and so God can honor it, so God can release his blessing upon your life so then you can go to the next level. But if we don't stand up when Paul says stand up, We can't walk. Are you hearing me? If we don't stand up when Paul says stand up, we cannot walk. But the the word of God is coming down like the rain and the snow and somebody somewhere is getting it. Faith is revealed in word and deed. I said faith is revealed in word and deed. Shout it out loud. Faith is revealed in word and deed. Shout it out loud again. Faith is revealed in word and deed. Now back in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus was saying, release the faith that is in your heart by saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Jesus was saying, release the faith that is in your heart by saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And here in Acts 14, Paul shouted to that man, stand up on your feet. In other words, act your faith. Tell your neighbor, act your faith. You know, Dave Ramsey's got a good saying. He says, act your wage 
which I've never done. I've always acted, you know, two or three times my wage. And my wage caught up. Amen. 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 But he says, act your wage. Well, I'm saying tonight, act your faith. Act your faith. Act your faith. Faith is revealed in word and deed. You know, I know, Paul knew, and the lame man knew. A lame man can't stand up on his feet, but faith is not walking by our circumstances. Faith is walking by God's word, his written word, and on occasion, his anointed spoken word that comes by his spirit or through his men. You must learn how to activate your faith. Rather than seeking more faith, you must learn how to activate the faith you already have. That's why I'm telling you, that's why... We at Faith Christian Center teach you to not let the bucket go by because every time that bucket goes by, that is an opportunity for you to release your faith. When you do that, when you release your faith, when you activate your faith, the faith you have will grow. When you release your faith, when you take action on your faith, the faith you have will grow. We got a bunch of spiritual weaklings. They don't have it. Like Dad Hagen used to say, if all their faith that they had, all of their faith went off at one time in one moment, there wouldn't be enough power released to blow their nose. <laughs> because you can't make faith grow by talking about it. You can't make faith grow by reading the Bible. You can't make faith grow by uh, praying for it. You can only make faith grow by taking action on the Word of God. Amen. It's like weights in a gym. You got to do something. Faith is revealed in word and deed. Shout it out loud. Faith is revealed in word and deed. Faith is revealed in word and, deed. and this is why the Apostle James said, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead, and works means action. A lot of people don't like the book of James because it says the word works. Well, the word works could be translated deeds. It could be translated action. Faith without works is dead. Faith without action is dead. Rotherham's translation of the New Testament in modern speech reads, James 2, 17, faith without corresponding action is dead. Say it out loud. Faith, faith. without corresponding action without is, dead. is dead. You have no idea how blessed you are. How it even happened, I have no idea. We used to, man, we were so broke. Dear God. Say, how broke were you, Pastor? How broke were you, Pastor? Oh, my God. We were so broke. We would do Sunday morning, Sunday night at the hotel, and then we would get in the car, and we'd go down to Galveston, and, uh, oh, my God. What, there's not a scummier beach in the planet. <laughs> and... Uh, We'd eat fried shrimp at Guido's, and we thought we were doing something. When the blessing of the Lord overtook us, we went back to Guido's once for uh, nostalgia, and even the chairs were greasy. <laughs> but it was one of those trips where we, we uh, met John and Dodie Osteen. In fact, the first time we showed up at Lakewood, I, I don't know how he ever heard of me, but he invited me to preach. I said, Brother, I, I know everything I could preach, but I don't know everything you know, so I think I'm going to sit and listen. Then I got invited. 
How I got invited, I don't know, but there were probably 12, 15 of us. He, he did a conference for pastors at the Galleria, at the Weston, at the Galleria, and I got invited, and Sue and I went. And one of the things he taught us was this. Thank God, thank God, thank God, I connected to the right people. I drive what I drive and I wear what I wear and I live where I live because I connected to the right people. And he taught us in those days at the Galleria, that little meeting with some ministers, he said, in every service, give people an opportunity to take action on the word of God. And he told us, you'll you'll hire people and they'll tell you, you got to do this and you got to do that. He said, you don't have to do anything but hold church. And he said, in every service, give people the opportunity to take action on the word of God. The man knew what he was talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we see this. Faith without works is dead. Rotherham says faith without corresponding action is dead. Verse 18, Rotherham, you, know, you show me your faith without your actions, and I'll show you my faith by my actions. And so you can readily see then that this man had faith to be healed, and yet at this point he wasn't healed. So it's totally, listen now carefully, because Mark 11 is a down about verse 26, talk, gives the only warning on a hindrance to faith Jesus ever gave and that was not walking in love towards your brother. So here are these words of mine. It's totally and completely wrong to say about someone, well, if they had faith, they would have been healed. When people talk like that, they are not only unkind, they don't know what they're talking about. And so you can readily see then that this man in Acts 14 had the faith to be healed, and yet at this point, he was not healed. This miracle account in Acts 14 proves You can have faith to be healed and still not be healed unless that person knows how to release their faith. And how do you release your faith? Either in word or in action. And of course, you understand that when you say something, you are acting. When you say something, you are taking action. When you say what God says about your situation, you are exercising your faith. When you say what God says about your situation, you are releasing your faith. Kenneth Hagin used to say, confession is not the only way we can take action on the word of God, but confession is one way we can take action on the word of God. And Jesus said, whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart. Friends, we can cry and we can pray and we can believe and we can cry and we can pray and we can believe. And we can do that for days and weeks and months and years. And that won't bring our miracle. That won't bring our miracle. Then, as we said earlier, we can go to complaining. If you complain where you are, you will stay where you are. You can blame God. Or Christians will come along and tell you that poverty and sickness are the will of God for your life. They'll tell you that God sent the curse of the law to try and teach you something. Our wonderful, beautiful, heavenly father never needed the devil's help to teach his children a thing. 
All of this, too, is blaming God. Friends, we're not going to get any help from God while we're blaming God for our trouble. Say it out loud. We're not going to get any help from the Lord while we're blaming the Lord for our troubles. Shout it out loud. We are well able. We are well able. We are well able. We are well able. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.